Well, you know now this is America Wake Up, conservative podcast. Yes, sir. We pretty much discussed, pretty much national. So this is all brand new for me going on in more of a, more of a uh, local county political. I've done a lot of reading upon it. Maybe I'm looking at your book, too. I'm getting to hear that from Elliot. So, let's start with the red wave. What happened? That's a really good question. I, I was thinking that this would be the first election for, that we've had in a long time where uh, public safety or concerns about something other than identity politics would win out. Right. And I was concerned that at the end of the day, there was a lot of pressure from public safety issues. But I think public safety, maybe uh, identity politics still won out. I think probably the major influence at the end of the election was the student loan bailout, which ended up not happening, stopped by the courts, and I think that probably affected that demographic, and I think there was, you know, maybe the Supreme Court ruling in the middle of the summer uh, had an impact as well. I don't, I just don't know. On the road, on the road versus way, uh, abortion, yeah. Well, my opinion, I shouldn't be back to the safety now, the better shouldn't be involved in it. Be, well, and isn't that what they ruled? They shouldn't be involved in it. No. I mean, that's what they ruled. Yes. Let's get back to the states. Yes. And that's where everybody, the whole hip law was about. You know, that's where everybody was mad about. When, and my opinion was, when he started talking about student loan forgiveness, that was just a way to buy votes. Yes. And not to mention, you know, the ballot boxing. The law, you know, it's funny with Republicans, we have a good message. We just don't get it out there. Thank you. 
respond to my arguments because they just classify those arguments as racist. They, it's no, then they don't have to respond. And that's actually going to, in the long term, hurt uh, our friends on the other side because they've never learned how to, to defend their arguments. They just say, you know, your opinion is discounted because you're racist or the idea is racist. And, and I agree with what uh, I think there's been many other podcasters or many other people who will say what we have is an inner city, urban city crime problem and people, many other demographics that can move out of there have moved out of there, but then we've got schools that have failed in the inner city, we've got families that have failed in the inner city, we've got drugs just running rampant in the inner city, and we have no job opportunities, they have rampant gains. And so there's a large number of certain minority groups that can't afford to get out. And so they're trapped in the inner cities where these things are taking place. I, and I think that's what's going on. It's a it's a inner city rampant crime problem. It's not a racism problem because in the inner cities, who's being prosecuting those people? Who's the police officers for those people? It's the same racial group for most of I think we do have some cycles in our history that we can look 
shenanigans 
uh, because there's a there's a very partisan or Democrat in charge of Harris County, I would say. Yeah. And he was not scared. He was very quiet going into the election. So you knew he had something up his sleeve. Yeah, well, and also the, the fund the police issue, they're still, they're still squawking about today, like uh, AOC. And people like that. Yeah, but the AOC is a diehard. And, and she has, yeah. I mean, I mean, everybody likes to say how uh, great she is on multimedia. She is like, she has no depth to her. No, she is a one trick pony. Yeah. If you were in a circus. And her one trick pony is social media. Yeah. And so she's always going to be keeping the mob in a social media fight. But she can't, I mean, she's a perfect example. She could not have a debate with you. She could never not have a debate with me because she's never learned how to uh, argue. Defend her argument. All she would say is, You're racist, you're a man, don't listen to anything you say. And all of her followers would say, Oh, we can't listen to you because AOC says you're racist or you're, you're sexist or xenophobic, oh, homophobic, uh, yeah. you know, all whatever, all the aphobics. I don't have to respond to you. Exactly. You have no value. Yeah, because you know, you got the defund the police movement, you had the hands up, don't shoot, that was going on. And is it the lesson for the last three years that the defund the police has been an absolute failure? Anybody well, yeah. that has any uh, uh, common sense, anyone who, who can just who's going to say, "Hey, this is the truth," they have to concede that the defund the police was an absolute failure. Even Biden would say that, but not AOC. She no. never. She's still stuck on. We need to defund the police. We need to just send, uh, you know, some uh, crisis management people. Yeah. To, to fight, yeah. you know, let the gates shoot down. Can you imagine the counties being sued then? Oh yeah, and um, but also demoralizing our, our men in blue. They're, they're not getting they're not getting support from um, from from their local politicians, and that's where it starts. And and um, it starts with the local politician. It starts with the local politician. You know, the mayor's not supporting your police. You need the support. Even the communities aren't supporting the police. Well, certain communities are supporting the I mean, you know, I've thought about this recently, and I'm like, haven't we really been under kind of a civil war for the last few years? Yeah. Because we've had these riots from one side, and we've overlooked them to try to minimize the damage they do. And, and so we're giving in to the ideas that we would have never given in to. And I would say it's really a... It is a, uh, a fight amongst ourselves. One side is that civil war, and the other side is just trying to, hey, we'll see if they blow off the steam and, and settle down. And until we realize that this is really a fight for the fabric of our community, and we stand up to these uh, groups to say, we got to go on order. I mean, we're going to have more and more uh, people that are going to have guns. Right. Someone's going to sneak into their house and they're going to get shot. And the, 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 the irony of that is they would have never been prosecuted for the theft they made, but then the homeowner, like in Texas, because we have the castle doctor, would right. never be prosecuted for shooting them. Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm a big believer in the castle doctor. Fear, no, fear for your life, fear for your property. You know, somebody trust to your car at night, you can blow them away. Some of the states, some of the states that have the, the most stringent gun, gun uh, control policies in the 
Vegas, Chicago, LA, all throughout California. Everybody's walking around with a damn gun. <laughs> you know? So gun control. You know, I've made this argument before, you know, if you are a staunch, okay, we need to limit guns, but you've got to be able to protect your public. Yeah. You can if you can't, or if you're unwilling to protect your population, then at least give us the ability to protect ourselves. And the, the reality is, the Constitution gives us the right to protect ourselves. So when it comes to, so they're trying to basically reform our gun laws, make them more strict throughout the country. Uh, justices, you know, you know, they want to do justice reform. Where does, where does that start at? Right at the federal level, and then it trickle down. Or do we no, you know, we have 50. I mean, you know, we have the federal system for prosecuting crime, and then each state has their own system. Right. And so, you know, Reagan actually, you know, they he compromised with Tip O'Neill when he was in office, and they did criminal justice reform at the federal level way back when. And you know, the goal was to lower the federal population and uh, to let more people out. But you know, in the intervening time, that opposite has happened. You know, on average now, 70, 75% of the people who are arrested on federal crimes are detained while they're waiting trial. Right. I mean, there's not any state, you know, most of the crime is, is regulated or punished at the state level. I mean, we don't have any state in the country that had, has the ability or the infrastructure to hold 75% of people that are arrested. And so we have to come up with some other way to handle pretrial release and get people to come to court. I mean, you know, I've told judges, if you don't care whether somebody comes to court, you don't need us. That's what we do. We get people to come to court. We have the lowest failure to appear rate of any release maker. But if you quit caring, you know, like look at Harris County in August of last year. In misdemeanor cases that were resolved for that month, 99% were just bad. Yeah. I don't care whether somebody comes to court. They didn't in August. Well, that boils right down to Democratic judges, the social crime judges. You don't have Republican judges that being sitting on the benches anymore in Harris County. Not in our urban areas. No. Well, yes, right. We got a couple elected, but only a couple. We're expecting to be weighed. And, you know, in the last week, we've had a judge, a, a district court judge, who says he specifically is protesting uh, Texas bail reform, which was to strengthen bail law, not loosen it. And so he said uh, a $1 bond on two different cases yeah. for a defendant was a, um, who had a substantial criminal history, and he's already re-arrested again for violating the conditions on his bond. He got two $1 bonds, and he and the judge said, I'm doing it because I'm protesting SB6. Well, I mean, that's what we have going on in Harris County right now. We have a fight between the state and the county over who set bail policy in the state of Texas. And, you know, it's the uh, state that does that, not Harris County. Okay. Um, when it comes down to the bail reform and and the people who are put into jail for crimes for for the for the crime and get bail on those crimes. Should it be uh, based on the severity of the crime? I mean, for example, you got an 18 year old goes in, I don't know, steals a snicker bar from, you know, Valero. Do we arrest him and throw them in, into a jail cell? They charge about $500 a month? Well, it's $500, but yeah, they pay 10% of that, so 10% of $500 would be $150 to get out of jail on that for a 
and they are really disappointed when they find out they're not in Harris County. Or Ben County, for example. Or Ben, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, they're real bad about it over there. Montgomery. Montgomery has a sign when you enter the county. We support the blue and we prosecute crime. Yeah. That's what it needs to be. So, um, so the increase in violent crimes in all the major cities of the United States is basically because of the cell phone crime stance that the political parties have taken. Well, one in particular critical party is taken. And you say they're coming around to it. So you think we'll see that in 2024, in the next election cycle? Well, see, if we see, I'm, I'm hearing that, you know, Texas just started a legislative session. And so I'm hearing rumors that, you know, some of the Democrats are questioning whether they need to bend on some of these issues. And so uh, I would say if they're talking about bending on some of these issues or rethinking what their position is, and that's the rational people, then there's more going on than we think there is. So I think it's if that rumor is true, and, and I don't know whether it is or not, and, and I also cite to the mayor that was at the White House saying, Biden give up on, uh, on this. This is a really bad idea. So I think those are indications that they're rethinking their ideas. But the problem is, if you get rid of Biden in, the, in two years, uh, the only person to replace him is far left of him. I mean, far left of what he's, how he's, uh, how he's governed. So uh, his replacement, if they got rid of him, would be absolutely defund the police and get rid of, you know, decriminalization as, as they as they call it, bail reform. Uh, but bail reform for them just means decriminalization. We just need to have less uh, crimes on the books. Well, Biden ain't doing too much. Now he's trying to keep his own butt out of trouble. <laughs> With all these classified documents popping up. So, the voters, the main, the main deal this past, on the uh, 22 election was crime. Yeah, like you said, we're forgiving. And the results didn't leave the... Uh, and the uh, result didn't have the effect. I would just figure people haven't been punished enough here. They have not punished themselves enough. Or I think that I think that's probably true. But I I question whether the uh, student loan uh, gimmick mind mm-hmm. uh, didn't have some impact. I think it had some. It brought out that demographic, and they were going to stay home without it. Uh, and I think there's a couple of other things that probably had some impact on getting people out to vote. I think at the very end, when they were saying, oh, these are, these are all uh, right-wing talking points, crime is not up, I think that became an identity politics issue. Uh, but the problem is, this is not, what, what we are currently experiencing is not sustainable. So if we continue to go down this path, we're going to have, like in the Old West, you're going to have the posse, the made up of other citizens. You're going to have a vigilante justice, right. and it's going to be from law and order citizens trying to keep control of their neighborhoods. And that's, I mean, the left doesn't want that, the right doesn't want that, but right now we just have one side of the spectrum thinking that they can hold the other side hostage, and that's not sustainable. And so what we're currently experiencing is not sustainable and cannot continue for very long. Is that two years? I would have thought it would have been this past year, 2022. I also like that people, in my opinion, people are so worried about what you know. They love using the race card. You know, well, you're a racist. That's why you say it that way. And people don't. People who secretly want things to change don't speak up. 
you know, they don't always go to the doctor. They're scared to death. You know, I'm not at the age where I go to a doctor, per, you know, periodically, and, you know, I go get a physical once a year. But uh, my doctor told me something that I really, it stuck with me so much I'm repeating it to you. He said, you know, what we see on TV is the extremes. Yeah. And, and we, as a society, really, all of us, we live in the middle. And so we're trying to be influenced by the extremes, but we all live in the middle. And I, I really think that's true. What we see on TV is not what we is not how we live. Yeah, I'm gonna quote you on that. That's a very good saying. I like that. I never thought about it that way. I've been doing these podcasts for a little over a year. I never really thought about it that way. Until I got banned from my one year. But yeah, but uh <laughs> yeah, whole year. <laughs> but uh you have to remember that. I like that I like your doctor's quote on that. Very, I do too. Very good. That is something that will stick. But you're right, we do live in the middle. We got two streets on each side. But I just, I know when I see, right, what you see on TV, I mean, you see cities burning. You see the fentanyl, you know, the fentanyl issue. Uh, like Seattle, just, just this month, they've had 82 people die from fentanyl overdoses. It hasn't even been a month. It ain't been 30 days. So it's basically two, two and a half people a day dying from fentanyl. And we're not doing anything to curb come across the border. We don't even run our own borders anymore. They're controlled by cartels. That's right. And that's why, you know, with illegal immigration, is up 182%. You know, what was it, 17,000 people in Eagle Pass, I think, was in one day. You know? But isn't that, I mean, that's just what we've been saying. It's yeah. not sustainable. I mean, you know, not just, you know, crime, but... Uh, immigration policy because there's so much overlap between the policy on crime and the policy on immigration because if you think about it we're not going to we're not going to prosecute certain crime we're no longer going to protect our borders and you know if you if you want to be if you're in favor of harsher punishment then you're racist on crime if you want to close the border you're racist and uh it, it, there's so many similarities between the border policies and uh, the crime policies it's it's just ridiculous and a lot of people that come across the border are criminals. They've already been deported three or four times. Well, I like what you just said. You know, our borders are really controlled by the cartels right now. Oh, yeah. I think that's true. And, you know, you would have never thought with Biden's history and with the allegations about him being in bed with China and fentanyl being made mostly by Chinese for the, the gangs right now or for the cartels. I mean, you just, you would think that he, he would be very susceptible to those arguments or be, be defensive against having those arguments made against him. He's not. He just ignored him. I mean, he just was there in El Paso and said, we have a closed border. So he looked at the American people in their face and said, we have a closed border. And if anybody else touched differently, they're just lying to you. Yeah. I mean, essentially. And you know what? He will not be punished for it or penalized because it's not an issue that his supporters seem to care about. I mean, if you... If I was going to make an analogy right now to our election and who's supporting who, I would make an, a, a, a strong analogy to Venezuela. You know, their leader was uh, supported by the very poor and the very rich for a long time until the rich banged them because he just killed their economy. Yep. I mean, I would make a very strong ar- argument that there's an analogy to what's going on right now. Biden is supported by the very poor and, uh, and the rich, rich elite. Yep. Uh, because they see, I mean, he's kind of got the uh, the Obama coalition sticking around with him, and there's no one else that will hold Wall Street in that coalition but him. 
Yeah. So um, I see some similarities there, and we see what it happened in Venezuela, and that's why that's why I say it's not sustainable. It cannot continue, and if, when it does, it's going to hurt really bad for a long time. Yeah, it will. And I don't see an end to it anytime soon. I know that Zoomie's about to cut off on it, so I know that. Um, but I would like to interview you again. Sure. On several, on several, on several other issues. Sure. Regarding well, the thank you very report. much for having me. I appreciate, I appreciate you coming on today. And um, again, I'll be posting this out through Anchor and Spotify, with your permission, of course. Absolutely. And I do appreciate you coming on with America Wake Up. Alright, well thank you sir. Thank you, you and you have a good day and keep fighting the good fight and keep the bond in place. We need them. Thank you sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Bye bye. Right here. It was about to, it was about to end. <laughs>